psychology. It's more than a philosophy, more than a psychology, more than just an ecology, bigger than biology, larger than anthropology, brushes against astrology. That's prophecology. itself wanted to make us permanent underclass. Absolutely, and still does. Um, but, but see, it's all connected, uh, Archbishop. It's all connected because, and what I mean by that is the slaves were freed, all right, in the 1860s. It started in 1863, but it took a couple of years because they right. had to conquer the southern states first. So by 1865, all the southern states were conquered. And they passed the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments, which were called the Reconstruction Amendments. 13th freed the slaves. The 14th gave due process, which, by the way, everybody has used due process that was written for the newly freed slaves right. and gotten a ben more benefit from us than we ever got. And, and, and in a way, Judge Finn, that was letting us know that we were not included in the first 12 amendments. Uh, absolutely. Three-fifths of a man. And, and when the 13th, 14th, and 15th, which was the right to vote, were passed, those were the reconstruction. The Southern states were supposed to have to do all that stuff to get back into the Union. But 10 years later, Still what they were still creeping along with this reconstruction and it came an election, a presidential election between Rutherford B. Hayes and Sam J. Tillman. And that election was hotly contested and there were 20, 20 votes, I believe, left out there. If it could, it could have went either way. But guess what they did? They entered into what was called the Compromise of 1877, the next year. And if the, the South agreed that they would put Rutherford B. Hayes in if they would get up off of them about those Reconstruction Amendments. Mm. They sold us up the river. Wow. So you know, then they, that's when you got all your Jim Crow stuff. That's when you got, you know, it really was ro rolling with the black codes and, the, and that's when they were able to interfere with people's rights to vote. What well, did you think we really got an education doing that? That just stopped everything pretty much dead in its tracks. Every time we make forward progress in any area, there always comes something, whether it be the Black Coles or whether it be Jim Crow or whether it be uh, mass prison incarceration, you name it, they're gonna find a way to put the brakes on. And you know, that's why, I, I mean, and I know you're, we're in a, that's why we've got to understand it's not really black versus white, it's black versus racism. Thank you. And racism is a system, it's systemic. And, but when you look at it, it's almost like law enforcement in the nation has become like the modern day slave catcher. Absolutely. That's why I refer to them as, 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 as this so-called master class, because they really, the people with these billions, the, 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 the system is rigged. Yes. The system is absolutely rigged. And they use laws 
uh, the way they use laws to just do our lives any kind of way is unconscionable. And this is why we have to be woke. We Thank have you. to make some moves. So what's changed today, just now, we're beginning to change and talk about um, catching up with uh, our young people today because today's learners are really digital natives. They have had the internet since they were babies. They understand how to handle all of these technical things. And so people in the future, I just want you to think about it because I'm going to let you create the future. They're going to have to take that into consideration. How are these new, these young people going to want to learn in the future? Uh, how flexible are you going to have to be? And how personalized is teaching going to have to be? Go to the next one, please. So now this kinds of things we're starting to talk about, at least in New York, our Board of Education, we're beginning to talk about STEM and STEAM. STEM is uh, really science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. STEAM just adds the arts, science, technology, engineering, the arts, and mathematics. We're beginning to talk about moving away from testing, this third to eighth grade testing, test, 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 test. So what happens? Well, the teachers begin to teach to the test. So if you're teaching my child to a test so they can pass a test, what have they truly learned? Have they learned how to think for themselves, to think critically? Absolutely not. And by the way, the fact that we have Donald Trump in the White House is a testament to our educational system. So uh, we also have something in New York. I just wanted to give you a glance of some of the new things that are happening. There are a lot of P-TECH schools around. And those are uh, schools, they may, uh, you may have a class on repairing um, jet engines or, or uh, many other, it could be automobiles, but it could be a jet engine. It could be uh, any kind of technical skill. It, it, and this gives uh, what, from grades nine to 14, they're focused on the skills they're gonna need in science, technology, and, and um, engineering and math. So those are your STEM courses. And, and it's also a, a cooperation, it's a public-private partnership with the, with the community. So they get a lot of support outside of school as well as inside of school. Again, if I look at these kinds of programs around New York State, and ask you, you ask me how many um, black and brown children are in them, the numbers are very low. And by the way, New York Judge City Finn. is the most segregated school system in the country. Yes. Judge Finn, let me ask you something. Um, you says, is it grades 9 to 14? Was that intentionally there? Yes. Nine to, you mean intentional with what, what respect? Cost-free grades 9 to 14, education focus on the knowledge. They said 9 to 14, but I, a 9 to 14, yes, it goes from, it, it actually goes to the second year of college. Oh, okay. So they refer to 14 as, two, you know, you got two years of college. The 11, uh, it would be 13, 14 would be your right. two years of college. So up to the associate degree. Uh-huh. If you look down at the bottom there, and it's an associate of applied science degree in mm -hmm. a high tech field. 
That's what it leads to. Interesting, huh? Yes, it is. Next one, please. So the other thing um, we're gonna we're gonna be doing a lot of, and obviously because of COVID nineteen, um, and, and isn't that? I just have to make this uh, comment, uh, Master Prophet, totally off subject, but isn't it interesting? It it took us twenty twenty to find out about Corona virus disease, which is what COVID stands for, right? Mm -hmm. Two thousand. 19 mm-hmm. which is what the 19 stands for right yes it, it's interesting when we found out right yes 2020 okay all right yes i yes. i just thought about that because uh when we looked at this <laughs> when we looked at distance learning that's a lot of what we have to do now of course um, um a matter of fact the science was already out there like the science is out there now as to what this disease will do, can do, where it will spread, how fast oh, yes. it will spread, and oh, the yes. population that will be taken out. That, I mean, that is set. And if we don't do the right things to interrupt the cycle, Got that thing will crawl up into your door. Absolutely. And they're now finding, I was just on the news tonight, I don't know if you heard it, where they were talking about that now they are finding out the post condition after the corona 19 with breathing problems people can't breathe people can't walk people have lost their memory interesting Oof. now you see when you start tapping them and uh, on people's minds that's that's quite interesting yes. so um i'll get back to my subject though so <laughs> if you look we have a little tip over there for you you can learn more about it new york state now i realize that people are here at Provocology from all over the country but um i sit on the new york state board of regents so i can show you if you go there you can at least see how we're set up and they give you a hint as to what you can do with your uh governing body the board of regents is simply the policy making board for education in new york state we are uh, uh, over the policy making board for the new york state education department nysed and so the board of regents is over uh everything from museums to libraries to archaeological digs to public television to every single school in the state and also technically over new york city schools but uh that's an interesting relationship and um of course colleges including proprietary schools that um we we set the rules for how people can come in and charge people money uh, like uh the one you always see uh, Phoenix mm-hmm. on TV. So we control all of that. You have someone in your state that has a similar function. Get to know who they are. Get to find out what they do and how they control your child's education. Next, please. So I, I, I looked at this slide and I said, what people are saying, all these people are dead. And then I thought, I thought you know what? Um, they're still saying it. They're speaking from the grave. And what are they saying? Malcolm X, education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. An educated person, a person with a bachelor's degree will make, a, a particularly a male, will make 900 and approximately 930 or $60,000 more than someone with just a high school diploma. 
women will make 600 and change thousand more than a person with just a high school diploma. And of course, it gets better if you go ahead and get a, a, a PhD level of, um, degree. So if you have a, a, a PhD or a EED or a JD or an MD, uh, even more money you would make. And the roots of education are bitter, but the fruit is sweet. That was said by Aristotle. So you know how far back that goes. Education is not the, the, the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire. Um, Judge Penn, how, is, how important is continual learning? Are you continually being educated? Now, I know you're supposed to be retired now, aren't you? Not, well, I don't know. I was supposed to have been retired since 2004, really. Only, I was still exactly. on the bench, but I closed my law office in 2004, and I continued with the dream tanking on the, on the bench. When I step off of the bench, I will step into something else. Life is stepping always into something else until you step from this world into the next. And it is so. You know, um, I was walking the other day in my daily walk, and now I, I've learned to take someone with me on my walk. And on one day, the Lord spoke to me during this fast and says, Stop walking alone. Take someone with you on your walk and start teaching people along your walk. Wow. And so, because um, I used to just walk alone and just go listen to my thing. I said, let me take some. So I grabbed, I always gra I'm grabbing someone when the workers and when we're walking together. Uh, other day, um, Elder Bratton was here. I said, come on, let's go. We're going to go walk. Go do a four mile walk. We'll get the walk, watch, you know, just be in nature and walk. Um, uh, I get Reynolds with me all the time. I wake him up and say, let's go. We're getting ready to go walk. He's got his sneakers on. He's ready to walk. And uh, this morning, the chefs for the first time says, I'm going to walk with you this whole day. I'm going to try to do your walk. And he did the whole walk. He says, you know, this really was not a bad walk. I said, you know, okay. the challenge is always in your head. But when you get in action, the challenge starts to disappear. And um, so I was walking with Prophet Reynolds the other day, the one that gets all your Ark of the Covenants out and he stays here. And Judge Finn, I got clear about something, and I know they teach this sometimes in um, the world of finance, that the first 30 years of life, and you may want to write this down, and then we're going to get ready and give you an opportunity to worship in giving. But the first 30 years of life is your, um, let, let, let's, let's see, can I like that whiteboard? Let's see, can we get that whiteboard back up again? That board back up there. You know, Judge Finn, you created, see, you came here and created something here. You came here and dropped bombs. You came here and dropped history. You came here and dropped some mystery. You came here and, and demystified education. And um, now we got this whiteboard here. I love it. The first 30 years of life is your learning years. And that means from zero to 30, that's the time you should get all your learning in. It says up until the age of about 28 to 30, the brain stops developing. And as a result of that, you're supposed to be getting all the learning in and you begin to hint to um, the importance of learning. When I was in a sociology class in school, um, they asked us in the class, they said, when does the country club start? And you know, I was 21, 28, when you get out of high school. And the professor said to us, Judge Finn, no, the country club starts in nursery. 
Judge Finn, what would you say about that? The country club starts in nursery. You have to be set on the road as early as possible. You heard me talking about that, right? Yes. Uh, I never in my entire life did I ever think I wouldn't be going to college because it was drummed into my head. You were going to get, now I had a father, I had a 10th grade education, my mother an eighth grade education from a one room schoolhouse in Louisiana, both of them. Come okay. On. But the absolute, there were two things drummed in my head. My mother drummed God into my head and my father drummed education into my head. Mm. You must make it so that it is a foregone conclusion that you will learn for the rest of your life. I never thought that I would ne not be in school, really, till I got to law school. They knocked the, the wind out of me. Let me tell you something. They beat you up pretty good with that Socratic method, all right? <laughs> you ask them a question, they ask you a question. You don't get any answers. They're teaching you to critically think. Yes. And this is what I'm preaching today. Make sure your children use their head for more than a hat rack. Hello, mama. Yes. And so the first 30 years is that learning years. And, you know, that's when you begin to learn, learn, you know, take it in knowledge. The second 30 years mm. from 30 to 60 is your earning years. All right. I like this. That's where you start earning your money. Now, um, what do you think about this? Um, <laughs> Pastor Audrey Smart, you got learning years and you got earning years. Like Judge Finn was taught some things. I was taught from my grandfather that at the age of five, you must start your own business. So we've had to earn money even before there were some things we learned. So I made $8 a week working in a restaurant, learning how to serve. And out of that $8, $2 always had to go to my mother, which is why today I'm responsible. $2 went to my mother, $2 only went to savings, $2 went to me, and $2 had to go back into how I can help my grandfather grow his restaurant. So we learned at a very, very early age. So our, our money learning started very young. Exactly. Uh, I think what we're missing is how to teach our children about the lesson of money. Mm. Uh, we're teaching them math, my children, were not good in math because their mother wasn't good in math, but we were very good in money. So we knew what 25% meant. <laughs> we knew what 100% meant. Um, I would take my children with me in business and if they behaved, they got a quarter. If we went to the post office, a quarter when I had to see a client and took them and a quarter when they went someplace else to the post office. At the end of the day, they would get pizza, icy, and a drink. And if they did not behave, they, they missed a quarter. They never knew that the pizza, icy, and drink didn't cost 75 cents. They only knew that if you behave, you get a reward, and the reward was money. So we had lessons about that in our children. We need to also teach our children what money looks like. Mm. We give a, a contract to all that, our children for a million dollars. But in the contract, they get a million and they're excited. But we write in the contract that you have actually spent $10 million. But if they don't know how to read, they don't realize that you're already $9 million in debt while you're jumping around talking about I'm a millionaire. So we've got to teach our children 
in the way they should go so they can have something. Let your children touch $1,000 so that when they're asked to give up $1,000, they know what it looks like. Wow. My father used to do that. He would bring home, if he brought home a lot of money, he would have us sit down and count it. He said, yes. I want you to know what a $100 bill feels like. I want you to understand what it means to have money in your pocket. Mm. Wow. So let me ask you, uh, um, the Master Prophet, the first uh, 30 years, learning years, the second 30 years, earning years, and the third 30, what is that, the burning years? <laughs> no. <laughs> Be burning that that's road a, up. <laughs> that's a, that, that there next 30 years, and I'm going to write a work on this. Ooh. Um, because when you mess up your first 30 years, your oh. earning years, uh -oh. your, your learning years, rather, your earning years suffer. That's true. And when you realize your earning years is not earning enough, then you got to continue your learning years during your earning years to make up for the shortfall or making up for leading in a new economy. Because what you've learned may have become obsolete. Wow. So you have your learning years, your earning years, and your last 30 years is your returning years. That's returning. Those the years where you begin to build your economy. Let's give that a hand. And, and what does that economy look like? You begin to build community. You begin to build out to the community. You begin to become the communal father or the communal mother. You begin to use it. I know a lot of times we look at that as retirement, but if you begin to look at it, it is that from 60 to 90 is where you have the most amount of liquid money in your life. Most people look at that age group, like they ain't got nothing. They're the richest group of people. Am I right, Pastor Audrey? Mm. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, you're, you're very right, sir. Um, that's where we've already put um, we've already purchased our home. We've already had our children. We've already um, had our education. And unfortunately, a lot of people think of that as their pension, which is really supposed to be the place where we get our new start. We yeah. should be able to travel because we don't have the babies anymore. We should be able to buy whatever we want, whenever we want it. Um, and we should always, if we start young enough, we should have money not just put aside, but money in different places, not just a bank, but we can always put our hands on it. Um, you asked me a question. You asked me this question several times, Master Prophet. Where else can we put our money? And that's a, that's a gift to be able to have that conversation. Where else can we put money? Yeah. Um, and that's when our barrels are supposed to be filled. Yes. And when you are building community, and I want to look at this whole idea of community, and if I was to begin to look at that, that's where, if, if, if I looked at the zodiacal chart from one to the fourth house, or the one to the, the first four houses, 
that's, you know, that's your, I'll just say it like this, Aries, Taurus, amen, because I just want to go into mystery school for a minute, amen, and we'll drop Facebook, thank you. So, um, when we go from Aries, Taurus, Gemini, which is learning, short distance communication, right, you're, everything you're touching, you're getting knowledge from, you're educating, to the home. Then after that, that fourth house, you should be ready to leave the home, train up a child in the way they should go. Now they start coming into partnerships. They start dealing in the fifth house, or Leo, relationships, courtship, right? Sixth house, they are now into their work, which is different from their career. They're really into a work like a slave, if I can say it like that, right? Six, your work. Seven, partnership. Your seventh house is also where you begin to discover your open enemies. So you begin to distinguish on your own who and what are your adversaries. You get this during your earning years, okay? So um, to put this in the earning years, I'm just, this is coming to me as I'm downloading it. Also the eighth house is where you begin to deal with other people's money, handling other people's money, how money is transact. You're also looking at how you're gonna deal with life. You're also making your decisions about the afterlife and how you handle those earning years will determine whether you have a long life because now you get ready to approach that second Saturn return which comes around that age range, that if you don't have a vision far enough into the future for a community, you'll die out somewhere in your 50s to mid-60s. If, if you don't have a line cast far enough out there, you don't have enough to keep you on this side of life. Is that making any sense? Without a vision, my people perish. Then, once you get into the mid-heavens, you're in your career. You have now also, your learning, your earning years should have brought you already into your calling, that you're doing your calling. And if you're in your career or in your calling, that which calls you will make more than what you're working for. One is that you're doing the work that your soul must have. The other is you're doing the work just to keep food on your table. You're just existing. There's a difference between the job that keeps you existing and the call that keeps you generating. I don't know if that makes any sense. Now, once you have that call, and this is what it sounds like you have, Prophetess Finn, you're now in your calling. You're in your 10th house. You're here in the call of God. What do you do with your community? You get to a place where you give your call away. That which I've been called to do, I'm mentoring. I give it away. Jesus showed us in his three years of ministry, I would like to say the first year was his earning year, learning years. 
then his earning year. But that third cycle is where he was empowering his disciples. Go ye, go ye, go ye, go ye. That's the point where you stop being a man or a woman and become an institution. And so there, from building community, you've got to be a master at pulling in resources in order for the vision to work. But watch this. Here's a secret. Where there is true vision, you will find provision. You can't even get the word provision unless you have vision in it. And so when you do great vision casting, then God sends that which is pro the vision and the provision gives you all the resources you need in order to get that community or that dream into existence. So what I want to submit is that perhaps we have our learning years and there are some things that I am still, I'll be a lifelong learner. I would like to believe that you never, masters, never graduate from any of these. Masters are always reinventing what learning looks like. Reinventing what earning looks like. Reinventing what happens when you put learning and earning together, you're creating powerful returnings and those returns begin to be communities, the returning can become culture, the, kerning, the returning can be masterful designs, the returning could be um, the raising up of a force, a movement, and if we begin to start thinking, now watch this, when you are in the learning mindset, as a me mindset is different when I am in a learning mindset as a partner mindset. Remember, partnering is in my earning years. But then when I start learning as a community leader or in my returning years, matching my learning years, my listening in the classroom is different from a person that is in their 20s. Although we're hearing the same teacher, we're not all getting the same information. You see, in you, see, there are certain areas of poem that will never be gotten until you have enough life to run it through the curriculum. And if there is not enough life to run through the curriculum, you cannot respect the wisdom of the curriculum because you have no life to work with. It's almost like what Judge Finn quoted from 
uh, one of the quotes there, I don't know if it was Plato or, or, or who, um, about education is not pouring water into a pail. Aristotle it was, that you don't pour water into a pail. Some of us go places and just take in a lot of water into the pail, or what I would like to say, you have a transformed notebook because you don't have a life worthy enough to run the wisdom through the life. Is that making any sense? Anyone want to say anything around this? Can I just say one thing, Master sure. Prophet? Uh, you make it so plain, um, as we sometimes say, that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies those he calls. Yes. And, and that is, is specifically what you're talking about now. You don't start off that way. No. But you but you've got to start. Right? You gotta start. Who, who's the Eastern um teacher who said that the a trip of a thousand miles begins with one step. One step. There it is, W. B. Yates. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire. Yes. And, and this is yeah, I don't want then this is why I feel like I understand people are angry, but I don't want to set a fire in buildings. I want to set a fire in hearts. Mm. To keep in touch with Master Prophet E. Bernard Jordan, go to www.bishopjordan.com and follow him on all social media platforms. To get more information about the Prophetology Conference and or more special events, Go to www.zoeministries.com or call 888-831-0434. Thank you and stay blessed.